Hello and welcome to Trucks in Sci-Fi. And if you haven't guessed it yet, today's podcast is going to be about Firefly, the awesome Fox-canceled television series, and the movie uh, Serenity, which was its uh, later follow-up. Uh, this is something that I wanted to cover for a long time in, in more depth. I, I've touched on both of those subjects a little bit before, but today's podcast is going to be all about uh, Firefly, brown coats. Just the whole Joss verse there, and, and it's just going to be a lot of fun, and one of my favorite series of all times, and I, I just can't wait to talk about it, frankly. But, uh, oh, I'm Rico. <laughs> if you are new to the show, this is Treks in Sci-Fi, the weekly geeky podcast, usually about Trek, Star Wars, and other sci-fi and fantasy subjects, and like I said, today's going to be about Firefly. We're also going to be uh, looking at a few other things, talking about uh, a new uh, Trek uh, movie film project uh, being worked on by Vartok and, and some of his family. He's got a little uh, bit of audio for us and a few other subjects to cover. Today is, um, oh, it's July the 18th, 2010. Yes, till <laughs> still 2010. Sometimes I wonder why I say the year. Although I guess maybe, you know, when they're listening to Treks in sci-fi in the distant future... They'll need to know that, right? So, and it is podcast 288. Take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. I don't care, I'm still free. You can't take the sky from me. Take me out to the black, tell them I ain't coming back. Burn the land and boil the sea. Take the sky from me There's no place I can be Since I found serenity But you can't take the sky from me Okay, again, welcome to the show, everyone. We're, we've got just a lot to talk about. I am probably going to be just dedicating the podcast mainly to the uh, main subject, Firefly Serenity. I've got a lot of clips. I, I've got a lot of things I want to talk about and mention with regards to the series and the the, uh, the movie. So um, we're just going to talk a little bit about a few other things in the meantime, like how hot it is outside. God. Uh, have I said that each week for the last, you know, month or two? I don't know. This weekend, especially here in Rockford, is quite warm, quite humid, and I am huddled up in my uh, bedroom AC unit area again, uh, which I have been, I think, uh, most of the time in the last few weeks since I've been recording or when I've been recording. You may hear the hum of the air conditioner occasionally. Sometimes, some weekends, I've been able to do it early enough and have it off. Uh, but today, not so much. Uh, the computer, too, and, you know, with the computer on and the monitor and all that generates a bit of heat in here. So, um, but I don't think you're going to be noticing it too much. So, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about uh, a movie, uh, a little bit about movies. I did finally, uh, or not finally, it hasn't been out that long. I saw the the new Predators film the other night, and I thought I would just briefly touch on it. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, you know, it's it's mostly what you see in the trailers. Uh, you know, I think it has a lot of similarities to even the first Predator movie. 
you know, you're on this, uh, you know, you've got all these people that are being sort of hunted. They know a little bit, uh, without giving too much away, they know a little bit about uh, the situation. They find out a couple things. But, it, it, you know, they're they're mostly really tough bad guy kind of characters. And uh, they, you know, are being hunted by the Predators. There's multiple ones in the movie. That doesn't give anything away. It's called Predators. Uh, again, all this stuff is in the trailer. But I think they did a good job overall. I, it's, I, I think it's a really tricky franchise to get back into because I think the, you know, one of the problems with this and Aliens and, and a lot of things is that we all know about them now. I mean, the, you know, the movie-going audience, at least, it's not like it's brand new so you lose a lot of things about like oh gosh those guys can camouflage and oh they have that little cannon laser thingy on their on their shoulder that that shoots out you know you know basically you know energy bolts that blow you you know blow you away (laughs) and and, you know they've got the weird face and helmets and and just all that gizmo stuff that they do so it's it's tricky i I, uh, for them i think to you don't get that uh, initial surprise like the early predator movie or the early couple of alien movies uh, that we had before but i enjoyed it and i thought it was worth five dollars i was almost going to see sorcerer's apprentice uh, but that cost a little bit more because it was a new release it was going to be like ten dollars to see that even though i went like right after work around a four o'clock show here uh, i could see predators for five and sorcerer's apprentice uh, yeah predators for five only Sorcerer's Apprentice, which had been out or came out the day before for 10. So I picked Predators. And I think from what I've been hearing, even though I, I, I do like to go to the movies and make up my own mind, I, I think I may be the right right call. Uh, I think Sorcerer's Apprentice is something I could probably wait for on, on Netflix, perhaps. Uh, maybe I'll still see it. What I really want to see that just came out, and I'm probably going to go this week and I'll probably report um, about it next weekend, is Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, that uh, Christopher Nolan movie looks fantastic, looks really, really cool, really different, and I think I talked about that last week briefly. Just uh, very interested to see how they portray dreams on the big screen. That's always a a trick. So uh, that uh, is my movie-going experience of late. Okay, well, uh, I've got a, a rather interesting segment to play for you, and then that's going to be it. We'll play this, and then we'll get into Firefly. But this is a, a bit long. Uh, I think it's about 14 minutes or so. But this is from our friend Vartok, and uh, he has uh, started this uh, Star Trek fan production video uh, that they're going to be working on. Well, I'm not going to say too much about it. I'll let them tell tell you what, they're, what they've got going over at the Vartok uh Homestead. So take it away, Vartok, and I'll be back after his clip with uh, my look at uh, Firefly and Serenity. Hello everyone, this is Vartok again. For today's segment, 
I'm going to interview the cast and crew of a new fan-based movie currently being shot in Cincinnati based upon the original series, which first debuted in 1966, or about 44 years ago. Interestingly, the actors in this fan movie are all high school seniors or a bit older, and many did not really have much exposure to the Trek world until J.J. Abrams' hit Star Trek movie premiered in 2009. I think you'll find their interest and knowledge of Star Trek to be fascinating. Hi, Vartok from Treks and Sci-Fi Podcast. What is your name and what role are you playing in this homage to the original Star Trek? My name is Anjali and I'm playing uh, Uhura. And how do you think you got picked for that role? I actually got roped into it by the girl who's playing Kirk. She's my neighbor. And have you seen many of the original episodes, or did you get influenced by others to get to join this movie? Um, I've seen a lot of the original series movies. I'm more of a TNG girl, though. And what would your parents think if they knew you were outside playing Star Trek? Oh, they were proud of me when they saw me in the, the, the costume. They thought it was pretty funny. They're both Trekkies themselves, so... Now, truthfully now, would you rather play a good guy or a bad guy in this movie? Oh, villains are so much more fun. And why is that? Um, often you just get to be way out there, completely, like, ridiculous, and everyone accepts it because you're evil. Did you know how many Star Trek TV episodes there are, including the animated series? Um, no, I don't know The how answer many. is 726. That sounds about right. That's a lot of hours. That's a lot of hours. And do you know what great Star Trek movie came out in 1989? No. Well, everybody knows it was Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Are you going to brush up on your Star Trek movie trivia now? I, I suppose I will. I have to go home and watch my DVD box set. It's, you know, Star Trek came out with some first on television. Are you aware of any of these? I do know the first interracial kiss between uh, Uhura and Kirk. That's exactly right. I th wasn't uh, Hikaru Sulu also one of the first like Asians to have a major role? And who was the creator of Star Trek? Do you know who uh, that was? Gene Roddenberry. We won't put you down as a casual trekker. <laughs> My name is Andrew, and I am playing the various red shirts, as well as the most of the monsters. Probably because I'm the one that wears the red shirts for the majority of the scenes. I just kind of got picked for it at random. And why do you think you were picked for this role, say, over any other on the show? Well, the monster role would be because I happen to have a crab suit from Halloween. Red shirt? I have no idea. Okay. Well, did you see the Star Trek movie by J.J. Abrams last summer, and what did you think of that movie? Um, yes, I did see that last summer, and I thought it was really good. And what parts of it did you like the best? Um, I liked uh, seeing the original, oh, it's been so long, is it Kirk that shows up? Um, uh, the ending, uh, the way it all worked out, um... I don't know. I, I like the whole thing. I can't really think of any specific parts. Well, how about the special effects? Would you like those? Um, yeah. Okay. Hey, given the chance, would you be willing to play a part in the upcoming second Star Trek movie? Um, yeah, it sounds fun. How long do you think your fan movie's going to be when it's all done and edited? That is a good question. The movie itself, I guess maybe 20, 30 minutes, and... Wow, that is a long movie. 
for a fan base movie. Um, yeah, we've been working at it pretty hard. And the blooper reel, I, that might end up being longer than the actual movie, I can't say. And what is this fan movie really about? You know, what is the A-plot? The plot is that all of the male characters from the original show end up being turned into females by a strange plant from an alien planet, and it's, the movie is about how they try to resolve that problem. Now that is an original script. I don't think I ever saw that on Star Trek. Um, my name is Kayla, and I play Chekhov. And why do you think you picked this role over, say, any other role on the show? Oh, uh, well, you know, Chekhov is, like, this. he's just a kid, and I'm, I look the youngest. <laughs> and how old are you? I'm 17. Are you a kid? Yeah. <laughs> and have you seen many of the original episodes, or did you get influenced by any others? Uh, well, I think the first I saw was actually the new 2009 movie, and then I just got really interested in it, and so... Um, my dad and my brother and I, we went and bought all the original series DVDs, and we've been watching them. So did you see the Star Trek movie last summer by J.J. Abrams, and what did you think of it? Yes, I did see it, and I thought it was pretty amazing. I really liked it. My name is Brent, and I'm playing Spock. And why do you think you were chosen to play the famous Spock in this movie? Um, because I can do a monotone voice without much difficulty and I have a <laughs> Has anybody told you that you actually look like Spock? Uh, yes, several times. Hey, what is the name of the Star Trek fan movie going to be? We currently have Did not decided on a name. We have not decided on a name yet. Well, what would be a good name for this Star Trek movie? <laughs> Where no man has gone before. Yes. Do you know who the number one Star Trek fan in the world is? I do not. Well, of course, it's Rico Dosti. Have you ever heard of him? I have not. <laughs> what planet have you been living on? Earth. Who is your favorite character on the original Trek? And what do you know about him or her today? Um, my favorite character is Spock. Um, and I know that he was in the latest Star Trek movie, playing Spock Prime. And uh, he has had a successful acting career after the original series in other films as well. And is he on TV today? I believe so, but I do not know the specifics. He's playing a role in Fringe. I did not know that. What was the name of those furry little creatures in Star Trek Original, that cooed? The Tribbles. And what was the name of that episode? Trouble with Tribbles. Everybody knows that. Okay, Spock, this is a good test. Do you know what great Star Trek movie came out in 1989? The Wrath of Khan? No, that's a close, but it was The Final Frontier. Are you going to brush up on your Star Trek trivia now? I guess I'll have to. <laughs> Hi, Vartok from Treks and Sci-Fi Podcast. What is your name, and what role are you playing in this homage to the original Star Trek? Hey, my name is Jenna, Spawn of Vartok, and I am playing McCoy in our lovely little video. And what do you think the reason was you were picked for that role over any other well, I tend to be conveniently brunette, and the other roles were just assigned. And you think because McCoy was a brunette, that makes you a good candidate? Plausibly. Maybe I can be grumpy on command. That's good, too. That's true. Well, did you see Star Trek the Movie by J.J. Abrams last year, and what did you think of that? 
I thought it was pretty good. I think it's very good that they're bringing back a reboot so that a younger generation can more appreciate something that's a little closer to their generation rather than the original series. Are you going to be looking into more of the Star Trek TV series after this? I think so. I need to catch up on my Deep Space Nine and finish TOS. Well, where did your costume come from and how do you feel about wearing it just now? Our costumes were made from t-shirts, which we ordered online, for a pretty good discount. We're sewn by our lovely Captain Kirk, with added patches and assistance from Mr. Scotty. It's quite fun. I'm very happy to wear it. It's pretty comfortable. It's not too bad. Okay. Now, I'm told this movie is a plot about where all the male actors become females. Now, tell me, what is that all about? Well, I think it's because we have a plethora of females, and we're all a bunch of nerdy girls. And we really like Star Trek, so you need a plot device to make it work. I am Colleen, and I am the captain of the Starship Enterprise. And why do you think you were picked to be the role of the captain in this movie? Probably because of my hair color, once again. I am blonde, so is Kirk-ish. Sort of blonde. And what messages do you think Star Trek promotes to the world at large? That humankind can overcome everything. What would your parents think right now if they knew you were playing the role of a Star Trek captain? Um, they'd be slightly concerned that I might be becoming a Trekkie or something, but they're happy that I'm doing something. Are you aware there are conventions all over the world every year that fans go to? Have you ever been to one? I am quite aware that there are Star Trek conventions. I think it'd be fun to go to one, but I haven't been to one. Well, you know, the largest Star Trek convention right now is the Star Trek Las Vegas from August 5th to 8th. Bill Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, Patrick Stewart, and 70 guests will be there. Are you going now? It's tempting if Leonard Nimoy is going to be there, but I'll have to see. Um, if you could leave one thought with the Treks and Sci-Fi universe, what would that be? Live long and prosper. Exactly. Live long and prosper. Hi, Vartok from Treks and Sci-Fi Podcast. What is your name, and what role are you playing in this homage to the original Star Trek? My name is Joran, and I play Sulu. And how did you get picked for this role? Well, Sulu is the only one of Asian descent in the show, and an Asian works. <laughs> and what messages do you think Star Trek promotes to the world at large? I guess... <laughs> Peace. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't really know. Um, what do you think is going to happen to you personally once this fan movie is released to the universe at large? Well, I feel very proud because by then I've edited the entire thing by myself. <laughs> and do you think you'll be joining the Screen Actors Guild? No, actually. Now, if you had a choice, what role would you like to play on Star Trek? How about Mr. Worf? <laughs> do you know who Mr. Worf is? No. <laughs> Next generation. <laughs> oh, he's a Klingon. He's a big, powerful Klingon. Are you aware there's a large Star Trek fan base out there with fan movies, podcasts, websites, and more? Very, very aware. <laughs> a lot. And, you know, you're wearing a great costume there. Where did your costume come from, and how do you feel about wearing it just now? Um, my costume was made by our lovely friend Colleen, who is Kirk in this movie, and... It's awesome. I feel so in character. It's like everyone seeing the uniform gets you pumped up. I'm Alex, and I'm playing Scotty. Hi, sir. And why do you think you were picked for Scotty as opposed to any other role? 
Mostly because Scotty was there, and again, I am Brunette. Now, if this wasn't Star Trek original, would you rather be playing Mr. Worf? Um, unfortunately, I'm rather new to the fandom, so I only know TOS characters. So you'd rather not be a Klingon? No. Well, what do you think is going to happen to you personally once this movie is released to the universe at large? I doubt much would happen, as most of my family would not be seeing this. Well, given the chance, would you be willing to play a part in the up-and-coming second Star Trek movie by J.J. Abrams? Um, I think it would be very interesting to do as an extra because they have a lot of very interesting visual effects and costumes floating around, but not anything that actually has lines. What was the name of those furry little creatures that cooed in Star Trek original? <laughs> Tribbles. Very good. <laughs> and if you could leave one thought with the Treks and sci-fi universe, what would that be? Oh dear. Oh no. <laughs> I think Alex means to say that a younger generation getting into this is a little unusual, but we're not embarrassed to what we're doing. We're just having a good time. I thought it would be live long and prosper. That sounds quite good. Live long and prosper. That leaves us with just two to go. Voyager and Archer show. This is Vartok again. Well, I think you have to agree that this should turn out to be a very interesting movie indeed. Once it has completed production, I will post a link to it at the Treks and Sci-Fi forum, and perhaps Rico will announce its debut on a future podcast. And I'd like to thank Kayla, who is Cheka, Joran, who's playing Sulu, Andrew as the Red Shirt, and Jolly as Uhura, Alex as Scotty, Colleen as Captain Kirk, Jenna as Bones or McCoy, and Brent as Spock for participating in this interview. Well, that's it for this Treks in Sci-Fi fan movie segment. And now back to you, Rico. Well, thanks very much, Vartok. Very interesting stuff. It's uh, pretty interesting you've got so many women playing roles on your uh, fan production, but I am really looking forward to it. Uh, He's posted some pictures some early photos from what they're doing in their costumes and 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 their basic uh some of the early uh shots from the set so anyway they're on the forum if you want to look there if you're a member if not you should be so thanks very much vartok and uh with one quick little break here we'll be getting into now serenity and firefly hi this is jules stage just saying hi to treks and sci-fi so, talk about now Firefly, that uh, just amazingly awesome, great TV series by the creative mind of Joss Whedon. It, uh, it's been a long time in coming. I've been wanting to cover it and have covered it a little bit here. I did that sci-fi western uh, podcast where I've touched on this, and I, I've mentioned it probably quite a few times throughout the years of doing Treks and Sci-Fi, but today uh, that's what we're going to be covering. Now, this show started or premiered first on Fox in uh, September, uh, or on September 20th, 2002. It only lasted for 14 episodes, uh, not even really a full TV season. It was gone by the end of 2002, like uh, the end of December in that year, and it, it would just poof, gone. Fox, uh, in its infinite wisdom, probably one of the the 
worst decisions it's ever made. They they had just this uh, just amazing. I think the fact that it was so good was was just and, and I think it just happened to pop up at the wrong point in time. I think just a lot of people miss that miss the series itself. I was one uh, included in that. I, I've told this story, I believe, before, but I'll just re-mention it now. I only saw one episode of Firefly when it originally aired on Fox in the fall of 2002. I watched the very first episode. I was a big Joss Whedon fan. I enjoyed Buffy, Angel. Uh, I, I just thought he was a very creative, great writer, new character so well. And, and I, I, I've said again many times, on the podcast, characters for me are what make make any really show or movie. I've got to enjoy the characters, watching them, find them interesting, uh, and all that. And, and I said, "Gosh, there's another show uh, by Joss Whedon. It is sort of this blending or mesh of uh, sci-fi, fantasy, uh, and space, you know, or western." And it seemed perfect for me. I love uh, sci-fi and fantasy, obviously, and, and I also love westerns. I, I've been a big fan of those. I, I gosh, I remember going to see John Wayne movies at the drive-in growing up, and uh, you know the Duke and 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 uh, you know a lot of westerns I watched uh, as a kid. It, it was a, an escape, just like sci-fi is in a way, I think. And and you know when we didn't have as many sci-fi TV shows and movies. The Western was a, a huge uh, thing on, on TV and everywhere else. I mean, it was just that that's what we had. You know, we did an occasional sci-fi thing. But so anyway, I watched the very first episode, The Train Job. Now, the history of Firefly, and, and a lot of this is well known, but for those listening that may not know as much, Fox, again, in a, they, they did some things, really dunderheaded things. You know, is that a word, dunderhead? They did some crazy things. And one of the worst things that they did for this show, one of the things I think that hurt it the biggest, and I think is the biggest reason probably that I stopped after only watching one episode of it, watching it, was that they didn't or, or they didn't air the episodes in the order they should have been, in the production order. There was a pilot uh, a film that introduced the characters, kind of brought them all together, uh, a, a fairly, you know, usual way of doing that rather than jump right into it. Uh, and this uh, this episode was a little bit longer, kind of like a double episode, basically. Uh, but Fox said, no, we don't really like that one. It, it's a little grim, and, and we don't like the things that happen in it, so we're going to hold that one for a bit, and we're going to show the train job instead first. And <laughs> it's like... Oh, really? Why? Why? What? We we go through this, and they tried to throw some things in the train job episode that uh, kind of brought you into the the story a bit, but just not nearly like the the Serenity pilot movie, or not really movie, but Serenity episodes do for the show. And I I, I think that was its probably biggest error and they kind of marketed the show kind of poorly too but I, I might be getting a little ahead of myself what I want to do though is as I go because I've collected a lot of audio clips I'm going to sprinkle them through uh, throughout my discussion of the show and give you a little bit of background history on the uh, how how it was started a little bit more and Joss and and what he you know what he was thinking when he created it and the characters and the casting so anyway here's a here's a clip uh, and I'll be back and we'll tell you more about uh, Firefly it doesn't have to go this way. You know you can still unload those goods, so I can't help thinking there's something else at work here. What were you in the war? The big war you failed to win. It was 
a sergeant, yeah? Sergeant Malcolm Reynolds. Balls and bayonets brigade. Big, tough veteran. Now you got yourself a ship and you're a captain. Only I think you're still a sergeant, see? Still a soldier. Man of honor in a den of thieves. Well, this is my Goram den. And I don't like the way you look down on me. I'm above you. Better than. Businessman, see? Roots in the community. You're just a scavenger. Maybe I'm not a fancy gentleman like you with your very fine hat. But I do business. We're here for business. Try one of the border planets. They're a lot more desperate there. Of course, they might kill you. But you stay here, and I just know the Alliance will track you down. That uh, scene there is uh, from the first pilot uh, that I was telling you about, and it is Badger, who is sort of this, you know, bad guy. He's the guy that they sell uh, some of the goods they they manage to acquire to him. He's played by Mark Shepard. Uh, seen him from Battlestar Galactica and a lot of other shows. Uh, he's he's a great character actor and and is, does a great job here. And you learn a little bit about Mal there, played by Nathan Fillion. And it's just a good scene from uh, the early uh, uh, pilot episode. I've collected a lot of clips from that pilot. I actually watched it again last night, and most of the clips, or a good portion of them I'm going to play today, are from the pilot uh, film itself, or, or episode. I keep doing that. <laughs> um the concept and, and background a little bit about in the series is Joss Whedon um, had read, read this book um, called The Killer Angels, which was a novel chronicling the Battle of Gettysburg during the Civil War. And he, he wanted to do a show that followed uh, the people on the losing side of a war. You know, a lot of times war films and stuff, they, they'll, they'll show you the... The, the people that are the heroes and, and, and the winners and all that. And they don't show you that, you know, in every war, most of the time, I mean, basically one side wins and one side loses. The the series itself, uh, he was, you know, so he was going to do sort of this. It was going to be more of just a Western, actually. And then he turned it into this space fantasy opera slash Western mix of things. It's it the, the concept in the... The setting is it's it's like 500 years or so in the future. It's the year 2517. I guess not quite 20. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so they're um, yeah, that's 500 and some years, 507 years ish. Anyway, what it is, they, they refer to uh, in the series throughout its run, the Earth that was or something like that. Uh, it, what has happened in the future is that uh, people have gone out to the to a, a new solar system. Uh, the Firefly Verse is all set in a new solar system, but it isn't the solar system that we live in now with Earth and everything. It's a new one that they've inhabited because Earth got too crowded and people went in these uh, very long deep space mission sleeper type ships that took them out to the stars and then they colonized this other planetary system. The inner planets of this system are controlled by the Alliance. Think of them as basically the empire of the Firefly-verse. They're the bad guys, kind of. They're the government. They're the oppressors. They're the ones that that are trying to sort of, uh, you know, 
push their noses into people's business and, and, and take away their land, take away the sky. You'll you'll hear a lot of themes to sort of freedom and, and independence that go throughout the series that that lends you know to the to the space um, western idea of people go out and they get a, a hunk of land on a planet or a good part of a planet and, and they sort of colonize and start working it and then the alliance pops in and they want to like tax them and and take away their land take away their money all that and everything that they've worked hard for and and suffered and struggled and and so they you know they're basically you know the, they're the oppressive authority and the the cast the main characters that we follow have a, a ship it's called serenity it's a firefly class ship and it's it's basically they're they're um they're not exactly the, the good guys they're they're the, the captain mel uh is uh malcolm reynolds was uh, a brown coat he was on the losing side of the battle between um, the alliance and the brown coats who are who are trying to strive for independence and break away and break away and be free from the alliance control and, and they lost and and this happened several years back and and the the situation now is the the crew of serenity uh that they travel around uh, these these outer planets and try to get by uh find salvage get jobs to steal uh, sometimes steal from the alliance for money. Uh, sometimes they take on passengers, which happens in the pilot movie, and that's how our characters kind of come together. They're uh, the the main group of them are there already as uh, serving aboard the ship. Uh, Mal, played by Nathan Fillion, is the captain. Uh, he's in charge, and he's kind of a very gruff, kind of no nonsense kind of guy. But he's he's very loyal to his crew. He has a sense of honor and, and dignity, and, and you know he he always says he he just he's he's like a good bad guy kind of in a way, and sort of a little bit of a Robin Hood character to a degree. But the biggest thing I like about his character is how fiercely loyal he is to to his crew. And but if you cross him or you or you do something to one of his member, you know, one of his friends, somebody on the crew, uh, you, you better watch out. So uh, he's a very good character and, and probably my favorite uh, of the series. Uh, well, they're all I like them all, frankly, but the, he's he's just the guy, Mal. You know, what do you want? You're going to come with us. Excuse me? You like ships. You don't seem to be looking at the destinations. What you care about is the ships, and mine's the nicest. She don't look like much. Well, she'll fool you. You ever sail in a firefly? Long before you were crawling. Not not three, though. Didn't have the extenders. Tended to shake. So, uh, how come you don't care where you're going? Because how you get there is the worthier part. Are you a missionary? I guess. I'm a shepherd from the South Down Abbey. Book. I'm called Book. Been out of the world for a spell. Like a walk at a while. Maybe bring the word to them as needed told. Well, I'm Kaylee. And this here's Serenity. And she's the smoothest ride from here to Boros for anyone can pay. Can you? Pay or? Well, I got a little cash and uh, 
Ooh. Grandpa. I never married. Yeah, that clip is between uh, Shepard Book, who is played by Ron Glass, just a great actor, and uh, that is also uh, Kaylee, Kaylee Fry there, played by Jewel State. Uh, as I've said a few times, I think, on the podcast, also before I uh, named uh, our dog uh, after Kaylee, and uh, just always loved the name, and, and Jewel's just so great on the show. She plays the... Uh, basically keeps uh, Serenity flying. She has a lot of pride in the ship, even though, like on all good space opera fantasies, Star Wars, the Millennium Falcon, uh, you know, Serenity's not the the top of her class anymore. She's a little busted up, uh, and, uh, you know, things are falling apart and kind of cobbled together, but but she never lets him down, and and she keeps uh, keeps her flying, and Shepard Book there uh, comes aboard. He is... Uh, basically a man of the cloth he, he he's a religious man and he he brings a sort of a a, a balance to uh to, to the crew they're they're pretty hard bitten you know individuals and and mal is very interesting about the way he deals with shepherd throughout the series they uh they don't really see eye to eye very well because mal used to be fairly religious you'll see uh, an early scene in the pilot movie, he has a cross around his neck, and, and he, you know, he's he's he believes that there is something out there, you know, kind of watching over him and helping him and all of that. However, what happens to him through the war and, and, and other things have, have basically taken that away from him. He has his faith is sort of pretty gone and pretty shaky now. He has faith in himself, faith in his friends, his ship. But that's about it. And, and Shepard, throughout the series, tries to influence him. And I think he sort of pulls him back from that darkness a little bit of, of, uh, of, of where he's gone uh, to some degree. Although I, it's, it's not all that, you know, all that clear that he's able to do that a lot of times. So uh, very interesting dynamic between those two characters. And that's one of the, again, one of the great things about this series is just it's the stories are good and the plots that happen and things they have to go through, but it's the characters again that, that really make the show. Okay, we got the goods. We're off this rack and back on the ship. No worries. Everything looks good from here. Yes. Yes. This is a fertile land and we will thrive. We will rule over all this land and we will call it this land. I think we should call it your grave. Ah, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Ah, ah, ah. Mine is an evil laugh. Now die. Ah, oh, no God. Ah, oh, dear God in heaven. Yeah, that clip, uh, that is that is our uh, pilot of Serenity. That is Wash, or, or Hoban Washburn, uh, his full name, played by actor Alan Tudyk. Uh, Alan's done some great stuff, too. He was, uh, I think most recently you probably saw him on the TV series V for a little bit. Uh, but but he's great because he, he he's kind of uh, the, the guy with, you know, who... Will always kind of he he puts up his hand when things are going a little crazy or, or whatever, and he'll 
he'll buck Mal's authority at times, but he's also uh, there, as you heard in that scene, kind of a little bit of comic relief uh, and, a, and a little, you know, to lighten things up. He is married to Zoe, uh, who is uh, basically sort of like the Mal's right-hand man, but in this case a woman. She She's basically sort of his first officer, I guess you could call it. Uh, she uh, backs uh, Mal up. They've known each other for a very long time uh, back at the Battle of Serenity Valley and, and all of that. So uh, Wash occasionally, I think, uh, is a little bit maybe jealous of Mal and, and Zoe's relationship a bit. They have so much history together, uh, and it kind of bothers him a little that she'll just go and do everything that he asks her to do, that he asks Zoe to do, and, and risk her life and, and, and all of this. And, and, you know, he's, but, but again, um, Wash is, is just an, of course, an excellent pilot for the ship. They need him. Uh, he, he just always gets them out of a lot of scrapes and can make Serenity, uh, do all kinds of things that, uh, a lot of the other ships that run into her don't really usually expect. Dobson. Thanks. We've got to keep our heads down, do the job. Pray there ain't no more surprises. Please be careful with that. Mal, this is Simon. Simon, this is our captain. Captain Reynolds. Welcome aboard. So we got. There you hear uh, Mal and, and Simon, Simon Tam, uh, meeting for the first time. Simon's uh, played by Sean Mayer. He's uh, really great. Uh, he's a doctor. He comes aboard uh, kind of mysteriously uh, with this crate, and, and he, he just he seems a little odd to the to the crew of Serenity. And you learn uh, that uh, he also has a sister. You learn that he has a sister named River. Uh, River Tam, uh, played by Summer Glau, and River and her character uh, become very pivotal for a lot of things that happen throughout the series uh, and into the movie. Uh, really, it kind of revolves around her and what uh, she is all about, what the Alliance has uh, done to her. The Alliance is always trying to find her, and she's kind of on the run with her brother uh, Simon, and he's always kind of looks after her and tries to protect her, and eventually that kind of reverses uh, later on, and she ends up protecting him quite a bit too. Uh, but uh, getting a little ahead of myself, but they they come aboard as passengers, and uh, eventually become really part of the crew of Serenity with the rest of them. Just want to get paid. All right, let's get these crates stowed. I don't want any tourists stumbling over. We're taking on passengers at Persephone? Yeah, that's the notion. Use a little respectability on the way to Boros. Uh, not to mention the money. Pain in the ass. No, it's shiny. I like to meet new people. They've all got stories. Yeah, can you stop me from being cheerful, please? I don't believe there's a power in the verse. Stop me from being cheerful. Sometimes you just want to duct tape your mouth and dump her in the hold for a month. I love my captain. I know. That's another uh, clip there from the uh, Serenity uh, pilot uh, episode. You see uh, or you hear between, um, mostly between Mal and Kaylee. Uh, Kaylee's 
the youngest really of them. She's kind of innocent and she she really loves her her captain as she says there and, and loves all of them and and she's sort of like the heart uh, of the show and the ship uh, really and, and they all sort of play their different roles real well. The uh, next character I wanted to hit upon is the character of Jane, Jane Cobb played by Adam Baldwin. Jane there's a, he's really just cool, he's great. He's He's sort of the muscle, the the tough guy. Loves his guns. He's very similar in a lot of ways to the to the character that Adam plays on um, Chuck. Uh, you know, he's he's just kind of a bad guy, but he's got kind of a soft side and a soft spot a little bit too. He's it's also interesting between him and the relationship between him and Mal because they butt heads quite a bit throughout the series, and I like that. I like that. Uh, that they don't just do everything that Mal wants them to do. Uh, sometimes, actually, um, they you know they they don't really get along very well at all. And but they they eventually kind of work it out. Uh, usually by the end of the episode. Sometimes not so much. Uh, you know, Jane kind of uh, actually causes them a lot of trouble for uh, the crew and the ship and the characters over the series. And uh, you, you kind of, uh, you know, do you like him? Do you not? I, I think he's just a great character, very interesting. And I want to play here. I've got uh, collected a few fan-made trailers uh, from the series or, or from the different episodes. And this is uh, from an episode that really features Jane prominently called Janestown. So listen to this little preview trailer for that episode. You want Tell me how come there's a statue of you here looking at me like I own something? Did you know that Jane is a bona fide folk hero? Apparently. Got a song and everything. The hero of Canton, a man they call Jane. I can't believe you're back. How can I stay away? She was all part of our new plan. We should be using my fame to hoodwink folks. I think I really made a difference in their lives. Me, Jane Cobb. Sense. It's my estimation that every man ever with a statue made of him was one kind of something or another. And about you, Jane. It's about what they need. Yeah, that's that's just a great episode. There is a song in it called uh, "The Hero of Canton." Uh, it, it, it's just great. One thing I really like about this: Adam Baldwin's worked with Josk before on, on a few things, so that's one of the reasons that got him this job. But uh, one of the things that I like is here's Adam Baldwin, this really big, burly, tough guy character on the show, and they give him what? What name do they give him? They call him Jane. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just funny uh, to me. You know, it would have been. You know, it's just. Jane, your name is Jane. Uh, I just think it's pretty funny, and uh, I, I like that. And and he's great. He's always uh, always coming up with some new little scheme or whatever. And he's he, he's kind of frankly not all that smart, and he's kind of crude a lot of times. But uh, it, you know, when they have a fight and there, there's something, you know, the chips are down. He he's there, and, and he'll usually come through for you. Usually. Ah, the ambassador graces us with her presence. Hello, Mal. I see we have some new faces. Hey, you. Hey, you. Ambassador, this is Shepard Book. 
I'd have to say, this is the first time we've had a preacher on board. Well, I wasn't expecting to see a state official either. Ambassador? <laughs> I'm missing something funny. Not so funny. Ambassador's mouth waves. She's a whore, Shepard. The term is companion. I always get those mixed up. How's business? None of yours. She is pretty much our ambassador. There's plenty of planets where we can let you dock without a decent companion on board. This... This isn't a problem for you, is it, Shepard? Well, I... I certainly... It's all right. I mostly keep to myself. And I'm not whoring. Would you want to meet the rest of the bunch? Why don't you make sure they want to meet me first? So how many fell madly in love with you and wanted to take you away from all this? Just the one. I think I'm slipping. There we get to uh, see uh, Mal or, or hear Mal and Anara talking. Anara, Sarah, who is the this um, basically she's a you know a future prostitute. She she goes out and, and, and sleeps with guys for money, but it's a little bit more beyond that uh, in, in the the Joss verse here. Uh, she's called a companion, but Mal, uh, the deal basically is is Mal and her are basically in love i mean there's no way around that and so her going off in her little shuttle and and, and sleeping with these other guys and stuff like that kind of bothers him quite a bit and so the way he deals with that because he's a little insecure in some ways and and he calls her names and and, and treats her badly sometimes and and things like that they have sort of a weird relationship uh, you know throughout the series and into the movie a little bit uh, never what you would call a couple, perhaps, uh, but definitely have st- very strong feelings for each other, and uh, so strong actually that um, she she leaves occasionally just to kind of get away because uh, you know she's just afraid that if she doesn't, maybe she'll lose herself and 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 become just part of this you know group of thieves and all that. And I think she wants a little bit more than that uh, for herself. Uh, the interesting thing about that role, it was originally uh, cast uh, with uh, the actress Rebecca Gayhart, uh, but uh, Joss decided that she didn't quite fit in with the other uh, crew, or not crew, but the other cast members as well as he had hoped for. He had even shot a few scenes with her, but uh, he eventually replaced her with Marina Baccarin, who is now, of course, the leader of the V Invasion. Uh, one thing, I, and another thing I'd like to say here, Joss Whedon, I think, besides being just an awesome writer, a very creative mind, just I, I love everything the guy ever has done or, or will do in the future. I'm sure I will. But his his sense in the, his abilities with casting are, are just uncanny. All of these actors and actresses on the show are, are just fantastic, have gone on to do other great things, and and it just they he really wanted it's a very large cast there's like nine main cast members here but he picked actors that that work so well together you really believe that they're a family aboard this ship and that they really care about each other have each other's backs and and will do anything for each other And, and it really really shows through uh, other shows that I've enjoyed, I, I think that shows through. I think it shows through on Star Trek: The Next Generation, for example. Uh, it's 
it, when that happens, I think you have a, a truly kind of magical and, and very memorable experience. And for it to happen again, so sh- in short a time, only 14 episodes of Firefly ever made, and then one, you know, two-hour movie. There are rumors another movie might come at some point in time. I, I, I certainly hope so. I'd love to see another film. I think the uh, there's just so much they could be still telling us in, in this universe, but getting off that subject, I want to talk about the movie a little bit later on. But the uh, again, it's the characters, the way Joss writes them, the way the actors act the roles uh, that, again, I, I just love so much about this show. And it kind of bothers me that I never watched it when it first aired. I feel like I was part of its demise, you know, in some way. I was responsible. My one little bit of rating or lack of ratings, although I've never been given anything to to have my ratings recorded you know, on some whatever systems that they use, Nielsen and all that. So maybe it didn't matter anyway. But uh, just in my in the back of my brain, I'm always usually I'll watch stuff and even several episodes. And I I, I think there was other stuff that was conflicting. I, I'm not sure what the other reasons. I don't think I really didn't like the train job that badly or whatever. But uh, it was for some reason I just never went back to it until the DVDs came out. But hey, speaking of the train job, let me play a little a preview trailer for that episode here. What are we doing? Oh, crime. Crime. Good. Malcolm Reynolds, you have reputation. You're a coward and a piss pot. We got word you might have a job for us. Oh, the train job. We fly over the train car. The captain and Zoe sneak in. Lower Jane onto the car and they bundle up the booty and we haul them all back up. Easy as a lion. Time for some thrilling heroics. We'll never stop. Just keep coming until they get back what you took. These are stone killers, little man. They ain't cuddly like me. You can't just leave the captain and Zoe here. They ain't coming. We can't walk in there and get them, so they're done. Nothing. I just want you to face me so she could get behind you. This job, I would pull for free. Can I have your share? No. If you die, can I have your share? Yes. Yeah, that's a good episode, The Train Job. Like I said, that was the one that Fox decided to air first uh, in, instead of the the, the pilot episode. Uh, it's interesting, and it has some cool effects, some cool action, and I could see why they were trying to use that maybe to get people interested in the show. Uh, the, the, the pilot uh, episode ha- has some parts that are a lot of exposition. You're learning about the universe. But that's important anyway. Again, I still think that they should have aired that first. But, man, what do I know? (laughs) Uh, Let's play another clip here from the pilot. This is a scene. I like the scene a lot because it shows you how the different characters are starting to interact. They have quite a few scenes throughout the series where they're eating in their, their... the galley or the mess hall or whatever it's called. I can't remember what they call it. Uh, the kitchen. Uh, but they've put together a meal and they're all sitting down there and eating and, and going over things. And this, uh, you'll hear mostly, I think, uh, a little bit of Simon and, and Kaylee and, and Mal and, and some Jane stuff too. So listen to this. You're a doctor, right? Oh, uh, 
Yes, I was a trauma surgeon on Osiris in Capital City. Long way from here. You seem so young to be a doctor. Yeah. You're pretty young to be a ship's mechanic. No how. <laughs> Machines just got working, and they talked to me. That's a rare gift. Well, not like being a doctor. <laughs> Helping fix people, that's important. Little Kaylee here just wishes you was a gynecologist. <laughs> Jane. You'll keep a civil tongue in that mouth or I will sew it shut. Is there an understanding between us? You don't pay me to talk pretty. Just because Kaylee gets lubed up over some big city dance. Walk away from the stable. Right now. Yeah, that uh, that scene, I, I I just it's just great. I love it so much. The the I, I, I again, like I said about Mal earlier, he just cares about his crew so much, and and he especially has a, a tender kind of soft spot uh, in you know deep inside, and, and not really all that deep, I guess, but for Kaylee, and and when when Jane shoots off his mouth and insults her, basically, he just won't take that, and and he won't put up with it at all. And and he tells him get lost, get out of here, and, and it's the right thing to do, and and I really respect that, and I just love the way that's written, and it it's just so perfect. Fits, you learn so much about the characters. That's the cool thing about Joss and his writing. You can really learn a lot about his characters in, in just a very short amount of time. A quick scene like that, and there's a few others throughout the the pilot uh, that re really give you a taste of what they're all about, and, and you you feel like you know them real real quickly rather than uh you know spending you know years and episodes and episodes where there's so much other stuff going on you don't really get to know them uh, a few little things like that really go a long way and the other cool thing i think about joss is and when you watch the the first episode again especially he he surprises you i mean there's a lot of stuff that happens in this episode you're a little shocked i mean there's like two or three people that get shot uh, it's just it's very very surprising and, and he'll always sort of try to pull the rug out from under you when you think you know something or know someone uh, you maybe don't so again that's the cool thing about uh, Joss and what he comes up with for his writing I am very smart I went to the best medicat in Osiris top three percent of my class finished my internship in eight months Gifted is the term. So when I tell you that my little sister makes me look like an idiot child, I want you to understand my full meaning. River was more than gifted. She, she was a gift. Everything she did, you know, music, math, theoretical physics, even even dance, there was nothing that didn't come as naturally to her as breathing does to us. I wanted to give a little bit more background too on, on the the verse, the the world that they all live in at this point in time. Uh, when they, when these sleeper ships and things went out from from the Earth that was and out into the universe, uh, it was two main powers is, is what you learn that went out. They're basically the United States and its allies and, and the Asian Chinese influence inside of things. 
And throughout uh, the series and the movie, there are a lot of uh, Chinese and Mandarin phrases that you'll hear, curse words, uh Wow is one, Shi you hear a lot. Dunchin Wow is is like something's really cool. They'll use the word shiny. There's some slang in there. Uh Shishe means uh come in or or it can mean uh you know, thank you. Um I that's what it means. Yeah, it means thank you. Anyway, I picked up a few words when I was over in Taiwan a little bit, but uh and I and I recognize some of them when they uh say them on uh, the show, but they say them so quickly, and they don't subtitle it anyways, or anyways, <laughs> anyways, they don't subtitle, you know, <laughs> I need some more Gatorade, uh, but it, it's, it's. I like the way they blend that together, There, there's a sort of multicultural situation going on, you see a lot of Chinese characters throughout the series, influence, they eat a lot of Asian style food, they eat with chopsticks, uh, quite a bit of the time, they're in these these little diners and places that have a lot of um, look of of things that are on the Asian side of, of that. A lot of the materials and clothing that you'll see is that styling, uh, and it, it adds a certain kind of cool influence, I think, to the overall series. I, again, it, it, it's a sort of rough and, and tumble world out there. Uh, people are not doing very well, so they make do with what they can uh, and, and that. And uh, it's, uh, it's interesting to see how the, the set designers use this. Oh, I also wanted to say a little bit about that. They did a great job in designing the interior of Serenity itself. Uh, these sets were built both uh, to accommodate the camera work and, and filming, but they were also uh, fairly connected. You'll see a lot of scenes where the actors, you'll see them move from one part of, shi- of the ship of Serenity to the other, and they don't cut. They don't break. It's, it's not like they get in the turbo lift on Trek, and then all of a sudden they're in engineering or somewhere else like that. You see them go down the little corridor, and then they're up on the bridge of, of, of the ship, and then they go back down, and they're in somebody's quarters or in, in, their, in the galley or the medical bay or something like that. There's a couple of basic levels and uh, they kept it that way uh, for a few reasons one to make it look more authentic and the other one was to help the actors sort of get into the moments and get into the scenes so they didn't have to cut so much and and they could really use that and it works fantastically i mean they're they're it, it's so great that they've built this ship that really feels and looks and breathes and and, and seems like a real uh, a ship that would be out there flying around, you know, trying to make uh, make some coins. So uh, I love that about the show. Well, the truth, though, you're probably safer on the move. And we never stop moving. I'm confused. No, wait, I, I think maybe you're confused. May it become apparent to you that the ship could use a medic? You ain't weak. Don't know how bright you are, top 3%, but... You ain't weak, and that's not nothing. You live by my rule. You keep your sister from doing anything crazy. You could maybe find a place here. Until you find a better. I'm trying to put this as delicately as I can. How do I know you won't kill me in my sleep? You don't know me, son, so let me explain this to you once. If I ever kill you, you'll be awake. You'll be facing me, and you'll be armed. Are you always this sentimental? Had a good day. You had the alliance on you. 
criminals and savages. Half the people on the ship have been shot or wounded, including yourself, and you're harboring known fugitives. We're still flying. That's not much. It's enough. Yeah, that clip is basically near the end of the pilot where where Mal has decided that uh, he's going to allow um, Simon, Simon and River uh, to stay aboard and protect them. Uh, he feels responsible, I think. He also feels like they're like him and like his crew. They're, they're outcasts. The Alliance, who he hates, he hates the Alliance, is after River especially. And it would be, you know, much easier for him and simpler uh, to just sort of toss them on some planet or moon or whatever and, and go on his way. But he, again, shows his loyalty, shows how responsible he feels for kind of trouble and people and people in need. And, uh, you know, he he is very human in, in what he does there and, and allows them to stay aboard. Of course, that causes them... You know, a bunch of grief over the years uh, that they're aboard the ship and, and trouble and everything like that. But it's it's the right decision to make. And, and Mal will always usually do the right thing, even though it may be uh, not the easiest thing at all. But he will do the right thing. I know I skipped a little bit over uh, one other character. Uh, I talked about her a little bit. Gina Torres plays uh, Wash's wife, uh, Zoe. Uh, another reason I named our dog uh, Kaylee is that uh, the the mommy dog next door that had the puppies that one Kaylee was one of them was named Zoe and you know not that Zoe is is Kaylee's mother on 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 Firefly but uh, you know same name from that uh, series so then I started to think of the other names and Anara that seemed a little complicated to say Kaylee yeah that would be a great dog name so anyway. There I go digressing, but uh, yeah, that um, Gina played um, the second in command aboard Serenity, good friends of Mal I mentioned before, married to Wash. I like the fact that they had a married couple aboard this ship kind of of misfits and thieves and, and people that were kind of on the wrong side of the law. Usually those characters are normally portrayed as being loners and outsiders and can't form a relationship at all or anything like that but I'm I was happy to see that and I was happy to see that they kept it uh, very solid and intact they had their problems and it's it's a rough life and I've mentioned a little bit about it earlier uh, you know I think Wash is sometimes jealous of the relationship between Mal and Zoe but uh, at the end of the day they go back to their compartment and uh, you know they love each other and it, it shows quite a bit there's this great line I don't think I captured it but uh, there's a there's something that happens kind of dangerous. I think it was in the pilot. Uh, yeah, it's near the end of the episode in the, in the, in the pilot. 
Uh, I think it's that the crazy Ivan, which uh, maneuver this uh, that uh, Wash performs with the ship to get away from some reavers or these nasty guys that live out there on the edge of space. Anyway, uh, Zoe's so you know happy that they managed to get away and so impressed with her her husband's amazing flying ability that she says something like that. Ask the captain, Captain, can you take the helm? So, uh, you know, I need to take my husband back to my quarters and have him rip all my clothes off. It's just great. It's just so human and so real. And that's another thing to me about this series is something that it's not so science fiction-y. It's something that I think everyone can enjoy. And there's a lot of women that enjoy this series as well. And we're going to have a little clip played here shortly that will will show you what I mean about that. So, uh as a little preview, as a little sneak peek. <laughs> oh, let's see, where are we at? Uh, let, let's cover a little bit more about some of the other episodes. I think I've given you a, a pretty good background on, on all the characters now, and they're all very well written. They each have their moments. Uh, I haven't talked that much about River, but I'll talk a little bit more about her as we get into talking a little bit more about the movie itself that they did. Uh, but let's play another clip from uh, one of the episodes. Captain Reynolds. Heard you was in town. How would you even set up a meet? They won't deal with you. No place it'll be. Using some new tech gun scans. High class too. Wouldn't let me in there. You might slip it. As I've been led to understand, you want to move some property off world. <laughs> Excuse me, she's not here with you, Captain. She's mine. I accept. Are you all talking about a fight? Well, that's fine. Let's get out of here. It's not a fist fight. He's an expert swordsman. He's killed a dozen men with a long blade. The captain's gonna got himself in trouble. The captain's a good fighter. He must know how to handle sword. I think he knows which end to hold. Nope. I could get naked? No. And that's from the episode called Shindig, which is a great episode. Probably one of my favorites. I've got, I think, out of the 14 episodes, I probably call like 13 of them my favorites. They're all great. They've all got some amazing moments and and great character bits and, and you know, just amazing dialogue and everything but that one they're on this planet there's sort of a dance and, and and again you have that relationship between mal and inara coming up and and he ends up getting in a fight because there's this guy that's kind of making his moves on inara and they have to have this sword fight it's a good episode there's a lot of cool music that's the other thing uh one other thing too about this series and the movie uh a guy named mark edmondson i think that's his name let me double check my notes here he is the writer of the music, uh, very, very well done, very Western-ish, and uh, it it's just fits the show very well. You, uh, it's probably uh, some of the best stuff, I think, uh, that's been out there for television and, and film music. It, it just works so perfectly, and there's some cool lyrics and some songs. Of course, the Firefly main theme song. Uh, it, it's just really good. You go to YouTube, I, I, I suggest uh, do a search for Firefly theme, and you'll find a lot of people uh, you know, are sitting there strumming the guitar uh, or singing that theme song. Uh, 
Uh, I won't play Jen and Angela again. I, they've kind of asked me not to, even though I really, really want to for this episode. <laughs> and you guys don't really want me to sing it at all. Trust me, you don't want to do that. Uh, maybe in the shower I do, but not not with anyone else around. So, um, But anyway, yeah, go to YouTube and, and just do Firefly theme and and, um, and listen to some of the different people that have done it. Uh, it it's, it's just great. It, it works real well, and it fits the show so well, especially playing it on a guitar. And I, I love the music. I have the soundtrack to the, the series and the movie both and, and listen to them quite often. So let's do another episode. Uh, let's look at one. This may be my favorite one, I, just for a lot of reasons. Uh, here is Our Mrs. Reynolds. Who the hell are you? I'm your wife. Everyone should have a chance to congratulate you on your day of bliss. There's no bliss. I don't know this girl. Can I know her? Enjoy your honeymoon. I'm not married. Are you going to kill me? She's a nice girl. I choose you from all the men on all the planets the night sky could show me. Show me the stars. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's like a dream. Only let me have my wedding night. I ain't never even... My name is Saffron. Captain shouldn't be babysitting a damn groupie, and he knows it. Okay, when did this become not funny? When you didn't turn around and put her ass back down on Triumph where it belongs. Oh, hey, now it's even my fault? Remember that sex we were planning to have ever again? You got something you don't deserve. If you take sexual advantage of her, you're going to burn in a very special level of hell. A level they reserve for child molesters and people who talk at the theater. That's for me to do. Oh, I'm gonna go to the special hell. Yeah, this is a very good episode. Uh, Mal is uh, ends up or or discovering that maybe he has a wife, uh, played by actress Christina Hendricks, who's on that uh, TV series Mad Men now. Uh, she plays this character named Saffron. She ends up using a few other aliases. Uh, she's also shows up in another episode too. The uh, but the the cool thing about this is just you know how Mal relax re- <laughs> there we go again how he reacts to the situation and uh, there's just so many great moments in this I, I wish I had you know six hours worth I could do and oh I wanted to say there are quite a few very very good excellent uh, the signal I think is still going I believe it is there are quite a few excellent uh, podcasts Firefly related and Serenity related. So I urge you to check those out. They have great interviews with cast members and Joss and, and information. I was very much into listening to those when I first got into the series, which I don't think I really finished my story completely. I think I got sidetracked. I'm a little, little, yeah, a little tired this morning, but I, I I feel like I'm doing things a little out of sequence. When I finally watched the series, I did say you know that I didn't watch it at first. Uh, was on DVD, like a lot of people. Uh, one of the things that made this show a, a big cult uh, classic and cult hit uh, with genre fans and other fans too was when the DVDs came out. Everyone started buying them, and they were like way high up there on Amazon's rankings and ratings of what's selling on their site. They were doing amazing business. There, you know, here's a sh- series that was canceled. I think the DVDs came out maybe a couple of years later, maybe not that much long, not that much after they, the series ended. But anyway, they started to sell and sell and sell. I remember loaning mine to several people where I was working at the time, 
to watch the series. Uh, I've hardly ever had to do that before. People will, uh, you know, go buy them or whatever. And I would say, hey, you really got to try this. You may not have seen it and caught it when it was on, and most people hadn't. And when they would watch it, I don't know anyone that sat down and watched this series and and didn't fall in love with it and, and, and just say, oh my gosh, how did I miss that show? And why did it get canceled? Why, oh why, oh why? Fox, 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 what did you do? <laughs> you know, were you guys asleep or, or what was going on? But uh, but anyway, uh, so I watched the DVDs. What really got me going on it is I heard they were going to do this movie. And of course, I hadn't finished the series or, or really watched it much. I watched one episode, so I bought the DVD set, and uh, my younger son Eric and I sat down and watched these, and, and we both loved it so much. He was, um, he would always make sure that, uh, Dad, you're not going to watch another episode uh, without me, right? You're going to wait until I, you know, he would say, uh, I don't watch anymore. And we we kind of spread them out. I know a lot of people will, uh, you know, sit down with a with a box television set and watch the whole season of a, of a series like in a weekend or in a day or two. I can't do that. I don't really like to do that. I like to sort of let the the, the episodes sort of, uh, you know, fill my mind for a little while and think about them. The other thing, too, is, is I realized it was only 14 episodes, and I didn't want to just cram, you know, rush right through them. It was like savoring kind of a good dinner or 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 some experience that you're having. You know, you want it to kind of go on. You don't want it to end. And, you know, I think we even spread out those last few episodes even more because we was like, oh, we, gosh, we've only got two or three episodes left. I, I, oh, let's let's wait a few more days, Eric, before we watch another one. Uh, so uh, and uh, the other thing that was interesting about um, Firefly was that they only aired, I think it was 11, yeah, I think there were three episodes in the United States at least that were unaired, that did not get aired in the original run of the series, uh, and that eventually uh, showed up on the DVD set. You know, that happens with a lot of, uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot, that happens with quite a few series that get canceled. They'll pull the show and just never air the other episodes. They they feel like, well, we, you know, even though they've spent the money, film the episodes, they're finished, they figure they're going to throw a rerun on of uh, American Idol or, or some other show, or I don't know what they show, but uh, they uh, they didn't air those so that the people that uh, watched the series, even those that did watch the original run of it, had to get the DVDs to see those last few episodes. So uh, so that's my that finishes off the story of my you know early days of knowing about Firefly. And it's also, to me, a series that you can watch the episodes over and over, multiple times, just like Trek and I think a lot of other things that I enjoy, and, and still enjoy them, still see things you didn't see before. And again, it's 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 like sitting down with an old friend almost. You know, it would be great if they had more episodes, but, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes. What are you doing? I'm fixing to do some business. Why don't you take your sister for a little walk? We won't leave without you. What about Simon and River? Forget them. We already lost two people today. If I can help her, we always a third. I got your doctor. Journeys end when and where they want to, and that's where you make your home. A place like this might be good for your sister. Quiet, safe, a place where folks take care of each other. No one's been able to get Ruby to speak, even a peep. Ruby doesn't talk. Got scared away. This girl reads minds and spins falsehoods. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. 
That was the trailer, uh, fan-made trailer again, uh, to the episode called Safe. Uh, that's the one where uh, River gets in trouble. They think she's kind of a witch. They're going to burn her at the stake in this little hick town. And, of course, uh, the crew of Serenity, they're not really going to stand in for that or put up with it. I think we need to sort of uh, split off now and, and leave the TV series a little bit, even though there's a ton more I could say about it. Uh, Tim Minear, I didn't mention his name. He was basically the showrunner, uh, very influential on the series, uh, kind of Joss's uh, go-to guy. You know, Joss would do the writing, you know, the casting, the overall, you know. he would, J- Joss, think of him as like the Gene Roddenberry of Firefly. Even more probably influence and, and work on the show than Gene did. Uh, well, at least Gene at the beginning of Trek would write a lot of the episodes. But uh, but Tim uh, Tim was basically the guy, the line producer. He was the guy that uh, made the show happen. And they're on the set each day, day in and day out and everything like that. So he's... And Joss and him very much had the same idea for the show had the same uh, vision for it, and I think uh, that uh, comes through quite a bit. You know, you don't want to have a conflict with your main producer for the show if you're the creator and the writer. You know, you you guys want to mesh real well, and those guys did very well. Okay, so let's go off into um, the movie Serenity. Serenity, the movie, came out in 2000. It was the fall of 2005. Uh, it's, you know, unfortunately, uh, the, the very sad thing about this situation is it didn't do that well, and it caused them to pretty much not do a follow-up. You know, a lot of movies, if it does pretty well within two, three years, there's going to be a sequel probably these days. Uh, they they certainly will do that if, if a movie's a big success. But even the, the budget for this movie was very small, just like the TV show relatively, because the cast, even though large, they were not really big, big, huge, huge actors. They didn't command huge salaries, but Serenity was made for like $39 million, uh, and that's about what it made at the box office. Of course, it's done well on DVD and Blu-ray sales now, which reminds me, you can get uh, both the Firefly TV series and the movie Serenity on Blu-ray as well. I've only actually got DVDs of both. I've got that's one thing I do want to get on Blu-ray. I've kind of decided I don't know, I don't want to replace too much of my collection onto Blu-ray, but this this show uh, was uh, or is definitely one I would like to do. And that kind of brings up a point I wanted to say. One uh, thing that Joss really wanted to do for the the series, and of course he did it for the movie though, but for the series he wanted to make it all in widescreen. He he thought this this show, especially being this sort of western outer space thing, would look great in widescreen. And back in that era, Fox was not really too too keen on that. You know, now practically everything that comes on the air is widescreen, right? TVs are all widescreen that you buy. Um, you know, you, can you buy a four by three TV set anymore? I don't think you even can. So, uh, you know, again, you could see Joss's vision of the future and what he wanted to do, but but Fox didn't really want that to have have that happen, and so they they they, they pushed that down. But the reason I bring that up is just to see these in Blu-ray would be uh, an incredible uh, experience, and I really want to do that, so I'll have to pick those up sometime. So the movie. The movie uh, is is just as good, if not, you know, for, for two hours it is, is fantastic. If you love the series, please see the movie. Uh, and, and if you are listening to this podcast and you are one of the people out there that has not seen any of this before, 
please, please do not watch the movie unless you've watched the series, you know, or in other words, watch the series, then watch the movie. Because the the movie takes place, you know, not, not too long after the series. I can't recall exactly what the time frame is. It's not a huge amount of time. A little bit has gone by. Uh, I, I think a year or two, kind of like what happened in the lives of the people on the, on the show. They, It wasn't like it just immediately picked up after the series. Uh, but uh, there are things that you know and learn in the series that really will help you a lot when you watch the movie. There's also some fairly dramatic and, and big things that happen in the film that I, I don't think will have the same uh, effect and impact on you if you've um, if you've not seen the TV series. So that's the way to watch it. Uh, I, I was actually kind of surprised of how many people it seems like have not seen this show or maybe the movie yet. So I'm hoping like I always do when I do one of these special podcasts, that you guys will uh, pick it up and give it a try. So let's play the uh, the full trailer right now to the Serenity um, movie, which was called Serenity. The TV series Firefly was the class of the ship. They named the uh, movie after the ship itself called Serenity, which Mal had named, of course, his ship after the Battle of Serenity Valley that was the sort of turning point or the end, not really turning point, but the end of the war uh, with the Browncoats and the Alliance. Y'all got on this boat for different reasons. But y'all come to the same place. So now I'm asking more of you than I had before. As sure as I know anything, I know this. I am to misbehave. sister under my protection here the only people she's a threat to is us on this boat it isn't safe they're coming i think we better go where are you hiding little girl the alliance wanted the reason they shouldn't have sent an assassin every minute you keep river Tam from me more people will die this is your fault I don't murder children. I do. The Alliance has gone to enormous trouble to find you, friend. You'll know what it is you're carrying. You know that girl. She is a might unpredictable. Mood swings of a sort. It's worse than you know. It usually is. It's a fair bet the Alliance knows what's coming. No. They're not going to see this coming. Let's be bad guys. We're not alone. No more running. This is going to get pretty interesting. Define interesting. Oh God, oh God, we're all going to die? I want to resolve this like civilized men. I'm not threatening you. I'm unarmed. Good. Yeah, so that gives you a bit of flavor for the film. I, I I thought they did an excellent job on the movie. I love the movie. 
very uh, interesting. Uh, some great stuff happens in it. Some some sad things, but it, it's fantastic. I, I urge you to check it out uh, when you can. I've got uh, a little clip here. I, I wanted to grab a little of um, stuff from uh, interviews and things like that. And there are so many out on YouTube with the actors and all that. But I, I got a couple. Here is first. This is uh, Summer Glau being interviewed a little bit by Creation, who does conventions, about her role as a River Tam. It's Ted here with Creation TV. I'm here with the lovely Summer Glau. What do you think? Serenity and Firefly had such a, a dedicated fan base. Well, I think I think Joss is the main reason why. I think I, I don't know what magic Joss has that he he has the most amazing dedicated fans I've I've ever experienced in in the industry altogether. And you know, I think our series it's it's sci-fi and it's 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 fantasy and it, it takes you on a ride but I think that the thing that people get the most attached to is the character development you know there's something for everyone and I think it's it's a, a series that people really related to at their core um, were you a fan of sci-fi before you started working in the genre why yes I was I I am um, I grew up on, on Star Trek the next generation it was the show that I used to watch with my parents when I was a little little girl I couldn't sleep at night they let me come watch it in their room, and then, and then I would go to sleep. So I watched that, and of course, you know, there's so many science fiction movies that I love, and, and I grew up reading science fiction as a little girl. Yeah, she's great, you know, and I heard that before, that she was a fan of sci-fi, and, you know, she's worked on so many different projects like that now. You know, Joss first found her and, and put her on an episode of Angel, and that was where he knew her from, you know, as an actress, and then eventually, of course, she, she shows up as a regular on Firefly and then, of course, has a very big role. Her, she's very much uh, the center point of the movie uh, Serenity. So uh, Summer's great and always good to hear what she has to say. The next clip that I want to play for you, and then we're going to have to wrap this up. Uh, well, I've got a couple, actually, of uh, listener comments we'll be playing at the end, so don't forget about those. But the next one, though, that I did want to play, this is a little bit of Joss Whedon, and I wanted to give you guys a flavor for the guy that created this whole uh, saga and everything. This is, they did some special screenings of the Serenity movie, and Joss uh, wanted the fans to get a taste of it who who were so influential in getting the movie you know, out there. It, it was doing so well in DVDs, and they kind of pressured Fox to do a movie, you know, a, a canceled 14-episode TV series ending up in a feature film pretty much unheard of really never never happens you have to be a huge success on tv if you ever want to get a movie made uh from your series and the and even then it doesn't always happen so anyway here's joss's intro when fans went to uh, see some sneak previews for the movie serenity hi i'm joss whedon uh before we begin this special screening i have a little story i want to tell you um it's about a tv show called firefly Firefly uh, went on the air a few years ago and was instantly hailed by critics as one of the most canceled shows of the year. It was ignored and abandoned, and the story should end there, but it doesn't. Um, because the people who made the show and the people who saw the show, which is roughly the same number of people, fell in love with it a little bit. Too much um, to let it go. 
too much to lay down arms when the battle looked pretty much lost. Um, in Hollywood, people like that are called unrealistic, uh, quixotic, obsessive. Um, in my world, they're called brown coats. Now, whether you watched the show or saw the DVDs or whether you've never set foot in the Firefly universe before tonight, the fact that you're here means that you're part of something, something that's a little bit remarkable. This movie should not exist. Uh, failed TV shows don't get made into major motion pictures unless the creator, the cast, and the fans believe beyond reason. That's what I've felt, it's what I've seen in the, um, the DVD sales, the booths at the cons run by fans, the websites and the fundraisers, all the work the fans have done have helped make this movie. It is, in an unprecedented sense, your movie, which means if it sucks, it's your fault. You blew it. Uh, you let us down, but let's not dwell on your failures because the work is not done. Um, I have to finish making it. Uh, this is not quite the final cut, and you will notice some placeholders in music and effects. Um, but we're very close. Once we are finished, um, I have to get people to see it. Now, obviously the studio is going to do their thing. There'll be ads and trailers and all of that joy, but this movie doesn't have stars, and it doesn't have a giant mega budget or even a simple saleable premise. What it has is us, the people who believed unreasonably. Um, if this movie matters to you, let somebody know. Let everybody know. Make yourselves heard. If you don't like the movie, this is a time for quiet, for months of silent contemplation. But when the unfinished credits roll, if you still call yourself a brown coat, remember the millions of people who don't, who might. I want us to do this together. The cast is going to be appearing wherever they can. I'm going to be blogging and stumping and whatever I can think of. We've got um, can'tstopthesignal.com up and running, I'm fairly certain. Um, we're all doing everything we can to make this the event that it should be. Because remember, they tried to kill us. They did kill us, and here we are. We have done the impossible, and that makes us mighty. Thank you for helping to get this movie as far as it's gotten. Welcome to Serenity. Yeah, it's really good. You know, Joss, he's a very cool guy. He goes out, he really very much appreciates the fans. He knows how much they influenced how this all worked and how their, their you know, never-saying-die attitude was what got the movie Serenity made. And hopefully that's going to happen again with another film. I could continue to talk like I said, for hours and hours, podcast after podcast about this series. I hope I've given you a good flavor for it if you're not familiar with it. I hope I've given you enough of an idea of, of how much I love it, 
how great I think it is and, and how much you all should really be checking it out if you haven't yet. And if you're someone who knows it and knows it well, I hope this has just been a fun treat for you to, to hear some clips and hear me gush about <laughs> Firefly and Serenity. Uh, I do have two listener comments that I want to play. First one is Mike, Mike uh, Feathers on the forum. He's uh, from the UK. We won't hold that against him. But anyway, he's going to talk a little bit about uh, Firefly for us. Hey, Rico. Mike from London. This is my, it's probably about my take three at trying to say something coherent about Firefly. First thing I wanted to say is actually I hadn't picked up on even the existence of the series before joining the forum. I'm guessing over here it showed on Sky or one of the satellite channels. I certainly hadn't seen it, so I'm blaming Kenny and, and Jen, because I normally did an episode on it, and some of the others for actually even getting me to look at this in the first place. Watched it on DVD over the course of the last year or so, and in fact Serenity came on uh, one of the lesser-known satellite channels shortly after that, which was quite good timing to record and watch that as I'd finished watching the series. I think the thing I take from it is... It's a sci-fi show in, in as far as it's got spaceships and uh, some of the technology associated with that. Not very heavy on the ray guns, I have to say. But it's not really telling sci-fi stories. It's not that we're warping around the galaxy, finding new civilizations, doing all the Trek stuff. We're not actually into great interstellar conflict in, in the same way as, as Star Wars is. But it's telling character stories that you could tell in just about any other setting and using some of the trappings of, of sci-fi to do that, in it, as far as having spaceships and things around. Obviously setting it in one system, without the capability to go anywhere else, raises all sorts of questions that I've never really heard answers to. You know, how did they get there? Who bought them? Where did they come from? Presumably Earth. When did they leave? All of that sort of stuff is a mystery. Whether that was something that was going to be looked into later if the series had lived on, I don't know. But it's just a different approach to sci-fi, I suppose. You other thing that stands out, obviously, is, is the characterizations. You're dealing with a, a lot of flawed people here. Trek's always been criticised for being pretty much perfect. It, it got darker as it went on, but this fairly much started off eh, relatively dark, or at least in, in terms of the administration and, and the overall system that they were working within, and just took what were really a bunch of ordinary guys in a, in a difficult situation and illustrated the choices they made and, and the impact they had. Serenity was a little bit different in that it did tell a what I'd call a big sci-fi story, which was fun. I like that sort of thing. It stood out as different from the series, but I guess it was a, a year or two later and was very much a one-off. So I, I think I enjoyed that for, for slightly different reasons. Why on earth Firefly was cancelled? Well, I'm sure everybody's asking the same question. I've got no comment on it any more than anybody else. I don't understand it. I think it could have had a good life and, and done well. Anyway, I think that's all I'm going to say. Thanks for doing the show once again, as I say every time. Cheers. Well, thanks, Mike. Come on. Thanks, Mike, very much for uh, for sending in your comments. Yeah, it, it's it's a tricky show. They don't really spend a lot of time going through, you know, the history of what happened in the verse and how everyone got there. I mean, I've picked up a few little things from the series and the movie and read a few things online, you know, explanations of that. Uh, the idea was that, uh, you know, like I said earlier, the 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 two main powers of the United States and and China and in Asian area sent out these very long distance deep sleep sleeper ships deep sleep sleeper you know whatever they they were they don't have the capability of going faster than light so it took long long time 
for these uh, crews of, of people to get out to this other system that somehow they discovered from Earth. Like we're we're kind of starting to be able to do that, you know, see other systems out there, other solar systems in in the universe, in you know, our near a nearby part of our galaxy and possibilities of places that look like they could have a similar system to ours so they they would have had to have taken a shot i i guess i mean i don't, I don't remember the member mentioning hey we sent a probe there there's a there's a great little planet i got for you here down you know over here on that side of the galaxy why don't you come on over no they they never really go into detail it's just like okay here's where we are it's set hundreds of years in the future and this is the situation i think to make it that that wasn't really that important to Joss and what he wanted to do. He just said, here's the new situation, and, and this is the way it is. But uh, uh, I agree, though, with everything he said. It's, it's a very much a character show, and that's what the uh, the strong suit of the series is and how you know Joss, the kind of shows he really does. Uh, next up, we have a great clip here. This one uh, I think you guys are all going to really enjoy. This is from Brian, along with a special guest of his. So listen to... Uh, them talk about uh, Firefly and Serenity. Hey Rico, it's Brian. I wanted to uh, leave a note for you today about Firefly. I know you're doing the podcast this week and as a new fan of Firefly, I thought it'd be very cool to interview an even newer fan of Firefly, my beautiful sci-fi hating wife, Jamie. Say hello to Trex and Sci-Fi, Jamie. Hi Trex and Sci-Fi. So Jamie, what did you think of Firefly when you first saw me watching it? Um... Well, my initial impression was, my first impression was, it's StarCraft, which is how I refer to anything Brian watches in the sci-fi genre. Thank you. StarCraft. StarCraft. Uh, My second impression was, once I kind of saw a little bit more of the show, um, that it basically isn't going to have any legs to continue because I felt like the creators were trying to merge two genres, the Old West with... Um, you know, future science fiction stuff, and mm. that was just never going to work. So I figured it, it wasn't, it was going to be very short lived um, from the first time that I saw it. On DVD. Because we sort on of missed DVD. it. On DVD, yes. Right. We, we didn't see it on TV, but oh, yes. I right. figured it was going to be a short lived thing. Right. So what made you actually want to start watching it after that? Um, well, I actually didn't have a choice because the only way you're going to give me rubs or like massage. Score. Is, it, is if I sit there and watch it, so I just kind of sat there and watched it to get rubs. So after you were you you were coerced into watching it in order to receive affection from me. Yes. What made you actually like the show? Oh, um, you're not really reading your questions. I know. I'm making up new questions. Oh, what made me like the show? The characters. Mm-hmm. And what which characters do you like the most? Um. Well, I like all of the characters. I love them all. Absolutely. But so I'm gonna pick one male and like one female. Okay, fair enough. Um, Nathan Field, Nathan Fillion yeah. as Mal is by far the best character because I think more than anything it's his complexity. Like he, you know, he is so on the outside he's he can be so hard and um, I don't know how to describe him. Yeah, no, he's rough. But he's he's he, rough on the outside, yeah. but he's he's so lovable at the same time. Mm-hmm. He's a criminal by his profession almost, but yet he plays by the book, exactly. He's, he's just, um, he, he almost hates people, but then he loves his crew and will do anything for his crew. Yeah, he's very like, loyal. He's, he's, he's very complex, and those complexities just make him so interesting. On top of that, 
I find him incredibly sexy. Okay, we could probably move on from there. Wait, I'm not done. My oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Okay, so my female characters is um, River. And I had to think hard about this because I really love Kaylee too, but yeah. it has to be River only because she steals every scene she's in. She absolutely steals the scene. What's your nickname for River? Crazy. Right. And not only does she steal the scenes because she's beautiful and she's such a great actress, every word that comes out of her mouth is pure gold. The writers just wrote that character um, to a T, and, and I just think she portrays it fabulously. And then, so what's your some of your favorite episodes? What episodes do you like okay. the most? Um, and this kind of goes back to my characters. Um, my favorite episodes, I really, the best are those that portray um, Saffron, Christina Hendricks. She is so Mrs. by far the best. Visiting, Mrs. Reynolds. Mrs. Reynolds uh, is my favorite episode. She's the best. She actually had me fooled. I thought she was sweet and, innocent, <laughs> and then she turned out, I was like, wait a second, I'm not fooled by stuff like that. And I mean, her acting was superb, the writing was awesome. She's beautiful. She's amazing to watch. So any episode with Christina Hendricks is my all-time favorite. And there were two, yeah. And there were two. And then second, of course, you know, you got to love Kaylee in that pink dress. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> when they shindig. go to the ball. The shindig. Yes, I mean, Kaylee in that dress was just priceless. So those, those are my favorite episodes. They're all my favorite episodes, um, but those are my most favorite. Um, I do have a couple least favorite, and those are the ones that have to do with like the torture. I don't really like watching. Those. Oh yeah, right. I don't like the torture episodes. I watch them, but I turn away during the torture parts because I don't like seeing that. I understand. But everything else is awesome, and I love Firefly. Well, there you have it. I mean, truly, I love Firefly, even though I always call it Starcraft. Firefly isn't Starcraft. Firefly likes... is the best show ever, in, and I wish it was still on television. She like it's the one. It's the one science fiction program that she and I can actually watch together, and it's. The only. Uh, the, uh, right, excuse me. The only science fiction program she and I watched together. And I don't even need rubs anymore. And she doesn't need the rubs. So, and I gotta thank the forums and everyone at Trex and Sci-Fi for recommending it and making me watch it because I had no idea what I was missing. But uh, you've made uh, a couple very happy Trex and Sci-Fi forums. Rico, I look forward to hearing the podcast. As always, my man, take care. Be well. Well, thank you very much, Brian and Jamie, uh, very good to hear from you. And uh, <laughs> Star Crap, okay, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I, I'm really happy. You know, Brian said, uh, you know, that this is one of the things, one of the sci fi things that they can, both of them can enjoy. I haven't really been able to coax Lynn. I know she's seen a bit of it to sit down and watch it, but I got to work on that sometime again when we're actually in the same house for more than a day or two. Uh, but thanks so much for doing that. Great to hear from both of you. Uh, and again, I, I think I said earlier on the podcast a couple times, this is a series I think that everyone can enjoy, not just geeks and sci-fi nerds uh, or, or just guys. You know, sci-fi tends to be a guy thing a lot of the time for the most part, except for those anomalies who I hope are listening. Jen, I hope you're feeling all right. Uh, when's that baby coming anyway? But, uh, um, but anyway, Firefly Serenity, what more can you say? Great stuff. Uh, gosh, I mean, this would be, you know, they always ask you those questions, the desert islands questions. You know, if you could take something there, blah, 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 and you had electricity, you know, in a DVD player, what would you take? Well, this would be in my little pile. It's actually here in Rockford with me in the apartment, to, uh, both for the prep of the podcast, and it's always just great to watch an episode. So um, thanks so much for listening. I am going to get out of here. I'm going to end this uh, with a little song. Uh, uh, this week's podcast. Oh, let me let me give you a little bit of uh, future news, though, for the show. 
Yeah, next uh, week end, I am going to be covering the TNG episode Ensign Row, one I've been wanting to cover for a while. The week after that will uh, probably be, I might make some alterations to the schedule in early August, but um, next weekend will definitely be Ensign Row. The week after that I have scheduled uh, the next Indiana Jones movie I want to look at, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And that's as far as I've got the schedule set for now. August and, and that may have some special things come up. So uh, look forward to doing and, and showing you all that or doing it for you. <laughs> Always check the main website or the forums. Uh, email me, treksf at gmail.com if you ever like to send in comments. Those are always great. Uh, and again, thanks so much for listening. Oh, one last thing. Go over to iTunes and put up a review for Treks and Sci-Fi if you've never done that. Or uh, maybe you did a couple of years ago. I think you can put another one up, I guess. Uh, you know, it, it's changed a lot, the show, over the years. And, you know, those, you know, you can always update, I think. I don't think it has a problem with that. So do that. That would be great. I would love it. And uh, always appreciate donations people have sent in. There are PayPal links on the main website. So... This has been a long one, folks, but I, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, and it, it's just such a great series to talk about. Like I said, I could go on and on and on and on. Anyway, we're going to take it out with a song by uh, someone named Michelle Dockery. And this is called Mal's Song. And it's really good and very Firefly fitting. Firefly fitting. Uh, but it's it's all about Mal and Malcolm Reynolds, Captain Reynolds. So listen to this and... Uh, I'm out of here. Bye. When the stars shine bright through the engine's trail And the dust of another world drops behind When my ship is free of the open sky It's a damn good day to my way of mind There's a barren planet you never can leave There's a rocky valley where we lost a war there's a cross once hung around a soldier's neck There's a man's faith died on serenity's floor But I stood my ground and I'll fly once more It's the last oath that I ever swore So take my love, take my land Take me where I cannot stand I don't care, I'm still free You can't take the sky from me Take
the sky from me Take me out into the black Tell them I ain't coming back Burn the land and boil the sea You can't take the sky from me You can't take the sky from me When you walked my road and you seen what I seen Well, you won't go talking about righteous men You'll know damn well why I want to keep to my sky Never cry neath nobody's heel again I've seen torment raked across innocent souls Seen sane men mad at good men die I've been hounded, hated, married and tricked I've been tortured, cheated, shot and died You won't see no tears when I say goodbye I still got my family and my firefly So take my love, take my land Take me where I cannot stand I don't care, I'm still free You can't take the sky from me 